Supposed to be together always. Supposed to be back together. It's very hard. Last week, last week was crazy. You know, it was, I think in in the history of giving shear Thursday night, which has been about about sixteen years or seventeen years, I don't know exactly if the has been I don't remember one time that we had to cancel. One time when we didn't have shear when I was unless I was away, I was in Eretz or somewhere else away with the mishpacha. Outside of that, I don't think we've ever missed having a Thursday night cheer. But Rabbi's Machshav is Baldishas, Das Hashem Yisokum. Sometimes, you know, as they say, Ebishtu runs Velt and Umvatl to him, everything. And ultimately, that was his plan for last week. Ultimately, that was his plan. But I could come here this week with, with not just to be back together, which is so special, and to prepare for Shabbos together, and to learn together, and to grow together. But to start with words of just Takar Satov today, because I'm not going to get into the whole story now. I told some of the chaver, if you want to understand at least some Nisim Gluyim and some of the story, listen to the first 10, 12 minutes of the women's share from Matei Shabbos Kodesh. It's Kedai. Pretty incredible. Maisim and just Nisim with my Eishas Chayel, who went through a lot and still needs Rafuos and Yeshuos, but Baruch is in a very good place and should have continued Rafuos Yeshuos, Shein Dorif but uh, Baruch Hashem, a lot of Akar Satov, it could have been something very scary. It was scary for a couple of days, but Lamaisa it could have been something Lovalena, not 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 good. Baruch Hashem, we're in a good place, and Bez Hashem should have a full recovery with the help of the Rabbi Shalom and Fuos and Shuos and Allah Akar Satov today, Bishter. All the Torah, all the Chizikol, the Cyrus tonight is is being sponsored with Lenishmas, Lenishmas, Eliezer Ben Yisrael. And uh, as we've been doing, and it should be a big schus for his neshama. It should be a melech yoisher for your beautiful family. And for all of us, all of us will learn in his schus to be zoichet, to be dancing together with him. Mashiach Kenu, Ali Mashiach more than ever, the pain, the suffering of Kali Yisrael, it's, it's mamish unbearable. So it's time, we're going to be see, we're going to be with, with his tefillahs, I'm sure he's screaming at the Rabban Shalom, it's time, that, you know. It's the end, the end of the days of Shoivavim. In all the years, every year during Shoivavim, try to give one shear completely dedicated to Shoivavim. Sometimes more than that, that different Yisodos, but at least one shear completely on the Indian of Shoivavim. Usually it's much earlier in the, in the weeks of Shavim. Where the last few days of Shavim, today was the last Thursday, for those of us that fast, the last Tainus. <clears throat> we still have a couple days left to Shavim. We're still in Shavim. Based on the calendar, based on how things, this was supposed to be last week, although it was supposed to be this week, we just didn't know it was last week, right? <laughs> That's the image just ways. But you know, I was thinking about it, I shared, I shared this also last week in a share, but the famous Torah from the Avod Yisrael, the Kajas of Makkah by Svira. Svira is seven weeks, Shavim six weeks. It's seven weeks of growth, seven weeks of counting, seven weeks of working on ourselves. And the Pasuk says, by Svira's Omer, Pashas Emar, Adam Nochos, Ashabas, Ashfiyas, Tisperu, Chamishim Yom. You're doing yours if you Come. Adam Nochos, Ashabas, Ashfiyas, Tisperu, Chamishim Yom. Until the last, till the end of the last week. The Vod Yisrael says you could still count 50 days. Meaning even if you didn't put in the Avodah and work and grow during all the days of Svira that we're supposed to. Till that final week you could still count 50 days. Meaning if you put in the effort and the Amelis and the Tshuva that needs to be done, the growth that needs to be done. So too... I want to say here, at Machras Hashabbos Hashishis, Tisperu, Arbon B'Shtayim Yom. But even if we didn't necessarily, and hopefully we did, hopefully we did, because we all definitely have to grab onto these days and, and, and do the tshuva that the tzaddikim have told us and taught us based on the parshias of Shemos Ve'era Bo B'Shal Chesim Mishpatim, 
the parshas where we fell into the lowest place of, of Memtashari Tumah and, and Baruch Hashem were lifted out by the Eibishter until we were Mechabal Torah and reached the highest levels of like Ka'adam Rishon Ka'ad Mechait which tells us during this same Zman each and every one of us can do the same. And even if Halavai, hopefully we've done that and we've been growing throughout the whole process of these days. But even if we haven't, these last few days we can grab onto the whole period, the whole entire Tkufa, the whole entire Zman. The Emes is... The Emes is not just for Shoivim, it's for all year long. Shoivim <coughs> should be a beginning point. Shoivim should be a spark. Shoivim should be a chizik, a hesoris, a tshuva that's going to last all year long. So maybe in a certain sense, even most important. Sometimes it's a lot easier to Shoivim because I'm, I'm inspired by the days and then all year long I need the chizik. And maybe it's at the end of Shoivim that we need the biggest chizik to keep the days of Shoivim with us. And Tzadikim have taught us that the Iker Avodah, the Iker focal point of Shoivim, <coughs> is the Avodah of Shmir Sanayim and the Avodah of Shmir Sabras. The Avodah of ensuring that we do the best we can. And nobody's perfect. The best we can. To not look at things that we shouldn't be looking at. And the best we can to have Shmir Sabris and to be Kadosh. To be Kadosh as we're each a Ben Melech. And we have the ability to be Kadosh. First of all, we have to believe that. We have to believe we can. We have to believe we can. And we have the ability to. And Baruch Hashem, we have. And we've shown that we have the ability to. Even those of us that are fallen into Hashem. And we've proven that we can. But the Amos is... And first I want to chazer some yanim that we've spoken about in the past. Before we get to some new Yesodos. Because sometimes, you know, it's like, you open up Misil Sharm, and I don't know how many times in my life I've learned Perak Alf Misil Sharm. It's, 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 in a door, Mea Pamela, Mea Vechad, definitely more than Mea Vechad. I can't say, there's any Mesech that I've learned Mea Vechad, Manim, Pam, I can't say that. But I can say the first Perak Misil Sharm, I, because it's, it's just so distinctive of life. But I've learned it already. Why am I reading it again and again? Well, if you learn the Akadama Misil Sharm, you understand. He tells you in the Akadama. That son in Yanim, it's, it's, it's not, we're not learning new, but we need the Chazara to re-inspire us and revitalize what we already maybe know, but so that we could not just know it, but live it. Because we want to live it. We want to live our Tafkin Achayim in the proper way. We want to live a life of Kedusha. And the MS is our Dar, more than any Dar in all of history. This is, our, this is the, a challenge that mm. was never known before. The Nisyonos that we have, and that's everywhere. And even with all the Gedarim, it's constant. Shmir say Nayim, constant. Constant. In our generation, our generation of technology, which definitely has parts of that, which is very good, and parts of it that has helped us grow in beautiful ways, and communicate in beautiful ways, but also it's the downfall. Zelum Azeh, wherever you have potential, tremendous have potential, tremendous tumah. And it's a scary thing that that, we, that people have the ability and they carry around in their pocket all day the ability to fall the Shaltachtas to the lowest of places. It's amazing. We have the ability to be like a Malach, even above a Malach. A person can be above a Malach. We have the ability to be the lowest, lower than the, the lowest behemoths. And, and we carry with us, some of us, the ability, Mamish, just in our pockets all day. <clears throat> It's a scary world. And it's not just us that have to learn this Indian. Halavai, you know, I, I feel sometimes I feel like I should be giving a talk like this and, a, and an understanding, you know, to, to parents who are raising children. Because most parents didn't necessarily, well, I, I didn't grow up in the door that you grew up in. And I don't think of myself as that old. I, I think of myself as pretty young. I don't know, the gray's coming and I haven't shaved in a couple weeks because of last week. You know, I, I really just shave on Arab Shabbos, you know, trim the beard, whatever it is, right? Family, it's very mockbid that I keep the, the, the beard trimmed because of all the white and the gray that comes in it. They really don't like that. So, okay, give them, you know, whatever. For now, you have to know where, where it's not worth uh, letting everyone else be happy in the family. But last week was so crazy here because at Erev Shabbos, <coughs> uh, we went into the hospital. We were in the hospital. I was up all night in the hospital. Then I came back to make sure my kids were okay, Davin, to learn, went back to the hospital. I was with my wife. I got back here literally. Lichbenching, I think it was like about 5.10 or I don't remember, whatever time whatever time Lichbenching was, I got here 10 minutes after Lichbenching 
And I got in with like eight minutes to shkia, ran to take like a two-minute shower because I was like gross. So there's definitely no time to shave or anything, you know? So it might look now, but I, I feel very young. I feel like I'm not so different than your dar. Maybe that's part of like living a life in high school. You never grow out of it. But the MS is, as far as in this, in this area, I grew up in a whole different door than you. And you grew up in a door, and parents who didn't <clears> grow up with that, maybe I live in it, so I know it, and I deal with it every day of my life, with Talmidim and Talmidodim, whatever it might be. But like, if you didn't, you don't even understand. I don't blame. You don't even understand the nisyonos, the challenges, uh, what, what it is, in a sense. And how scary it is that parents at the age of 13 are saying, Mazel tov, take a pornography machine and put it in your pocket. Scary world. It's a scary world. And first is just to chazer the churban of the sinyan. First is to chazer the churban when one is nichshon shmir sinayim shmir saguf. Because there's no greater challenge in this generation. In the Svarno, in Parshas Bo, a few weeks ago, by Achoydesh Azalechem Rosh Chadashim, you have the very first mitzvah given to Bnei Yisrael, Rosh Chodesh. And all the Mepharshim talk about it, we've spoken about it before. <coughs> Why is that the first mitzvah? The first mitzvah is seemingly fundamental. The first mitzvah is seemingly inspirational. Why, Why Rosh Chodesh? The Svarno explains, because the most precious thing in the world is time. And when we were slaves in Egypt, you know what? We were slaves that we didn't own the rights to our time. What it is to be a slave means I'm told by my master how to utilize my time. I don't have the freedom of time. And freedom by definition is the freedom of time. Now suddenly I'm out of Mitzrayim. I have time to myself. So you know the first mitzvah, this one explains? Be makadish that's man. Sanctify your time. Make the most of your time. Utilize your time in a meaningful, productive way. That's the very first mitzvah in the Torah. You know what it is when a person spends time looking at pornography and the likes? It's the complete antithesis of that. The complete opposite. It's the highest level of Bittelzman. Complete, on the, on the highest level, empty activity. Leading to nothing but sadness. Nothing but guilt. Nothing but momentary pleasure. It leaves us in the worst of places. It's complete Bittelzman. You don't know how many guys I've spoken to that have opened up to me that they've, they've wasted nights, hours upon hours of nights, going from one site to another site, to one movie, to another movie, until they find, because people that are looking at this often, you become desensitized, yeah, I saw that one already, that one doesn't excite me, until I, and spending hours upon hours, literally a night, hours upon hours. It's not just the, the churban of what you're doing, which we'll get to in a few moments, but the, the, the bitzelzman, and what do we have more than life? Kodesh Baruch Hu woke us up this morning. We say, thank you Hashem for waking me up and giving me another day of life. Appreciate. There's nothing more precious in the world than life. In other words, there's nothing more precious in the world than time. There's nothing more precious in the world than time. You look at all the tragedies we've gone through recently. And Lo Elena, we can't even imagine this family, the Pelé family in Arzog. How can you imagine how they're... And this woman that has taught us what a moon is, like on levels that, like, I don't know, from the time of, of Sarifka and Rachel and Leah, I don't know, we've had, we've had women like this in the world. Emes. Like, it's, it's mamish that there are human beings that live in the world that malachim, a malach, a malach. Her husband's on life support, mamish, clinging <coughs> to life. She lost two beautiful, you look at the pictures of these children, you can't not cry, right? You look at these beautiful children, angelic children that were. And you hear her amuna. You hear her amuna. Yet what was that? A kachparchu decided it's their time, which we can't understand. But imagine, imagine what that mother would do for one more day with her children. Imagine what she would do for just one more day. How they'd utilize that that time. How precious time is. And a person's going to go and be involved in these activities and the. The lack of shmirs, the lack of shmirs, the bris, which is just complete bittelzman. You know, it's it's mamish, it's 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 destruction of of time. It's scary, it's scary how much time people waste, complete waste. Call Sheikh Lazar Levatola, Sheikh Lazar Levatola, that one wastes semen, wastes seed. You're wasting your life. You're wasting the time that Hashem grants you in the most the, the, the most least productive activity you could do in this world. 
There's nothing less productive than that. I can't think of something less productive. <clears throat> the Mount of Bittles Man. That's the Kudalaf. The Kudabes. Adam Lamal Yulad. A person was created to be productive. To not just again, there's a different. Listen clearly, because I'm not just talking about time. I'm talking just being productive, doing meaningful activities. Whether it's obviously learning Torah, but whether that's whether that's involved in chasadim, whether that's davening, whether that's building yourself in the world of business or finance or, or whatever profession you hope to go into so that you could eventually support your family. But being productive. Adam la'amal yulad. You know what happens when one's involved in the lacking of Shemir Salayim, the lacking of Shemir Sabris? We become the most unproductive people. It's not just that way, that waste of time. But here's, it has an effect on you and that person becomes a lazy person. That person is less productive. He even warps one physically in the koach. When a person doesn't, when a person, lo'aleinu, is lacking shmiris, and I am shmiris bris, you feel, you feel afterwards lazy. You feel low. You don't feel, imamish warps you of your physical koach even. And then it creates a mindset. Your, your mind is in a place of just laziness. You don't want to be. You don't feel, because you've been involved with such, such activity which is unproductive, that has an effect on you. And you become a lazy individual. And the Kishparch woke you up to be productive because Rabbi Munasechi believes in you and you could have a productive day and have a meaningful day. And you become an unproductive individual. Tell you what else. He tells you right at the beginning that the whole purpose of life is to gain pleasure. But true pleasure, pleasure, nitzchiyistic pleasure, pleasure of Torah, pleasure of mitzvos, pleasure of a relationship with Hakadosh Baruch Hu, v'dveikus l'Hashem. You know what happens? So vada, there's no question. When one is nichshon shmiras anayim shmiras aguf, when one allows themselves to see things they shouldn't be seeing, when allows themselves to be involved in activities they shouldn't be involved in. It's a pleasure, but it's a pleasure where it's instantaneous pleasure with no work, with no. No amelis, it's nothing that you're earned, it's the most simplistic and therefore lowest level of pleasure that there is. You know what happens? And that becomes your pleasure point. That becomes what overtakes your life of what you're yearning for and what you're thinking about. And that's the pleasure you go to. You know, you know what happens? I no longer can taste true pleasure. I no longer can trace, taste meaningful pleasure. I'm no longer willing to put effort in to achieve true pleasure. And I live my life on the lowest pleasure point there is. You know, Lamashal, imagine you had the ability to go on a flight and there's like six different classes and you have the lowest class, not even like a, you know, we sometimes complain, we go on and like you're stuck in that, if you got a middle seat, forget about it, right? You're in that middle seat and you're stuck and like, you can't believe that it's legal that that seat in front of you could be this close, right? Mamish, they, and suddenly when they, you know, lean back before you lean back and imagine when you're, you know that time when if you're in the middle seat, Hopefully you never get the middle seat. But if you get the middle seat on El Al, and the person leaned back in front of you, and you haven't leaned back yet, then it's like, momish, the things in your face, you have your meal there sometimes. I mean, I don't know. I don't take the food anymore. But if you guys do, like, the the meal hits you, and you're sitting there like this, and you're like, oh my gosh, how am I going to be 10 hours like this, right? It's like, so you have that, that's your first. But then, then you know how you get onto the plane, and at first you, you see the premium seats. They don't, thank God, they don't make you go through the business class. But if you take a look to the left, you know, and you see the business class seats, gewalt. I've been zoich a few times, it's a different world. Right? <laughs> different world. It's hard to go back to anything else. I mean, I can't not, because I can't afford it. You know, but, but La Maisa, it's great. It's like, that's already, you, they used to, and LL used to, now they only have business, premium, regular. They used to have business and first, two separate classes. Well, business already went into a flatbed, but first was your own set, which business is like now. I don't know if the bulb's holding, but Lamesa, you have all these different classes. And you're deciding to, you would, if you had, you could choose, and you had the ability, not that it, it costs $5,000 each way, you don't have that type of cash to spend on business, so, and, and premium in itself generally is like, is 2000 and, and regular is 1000 or a business, you know, so fine, so I have to do regular because it's just not worth the money for whatever. I'll get there, and by the time I'm there, I forget how I flew anyways, right? So Lamaisa, it is what it is. But, but imagine it wasn't a different price. You had the choice. You could go economy, premium, business first, 
And you, you are going to choose to fly economy? Are you out of your flipping mind? Is that like, are, are you really? Someone would actually choose. I'm going to, yeah, I'd like to sit middle, last row economy. You know where the seat doesn't even go back? And you don't even know who gets cursed with those seats? Where like the, the wall's behind them and it like doesn't even really go back? And you're the middle where the person's leaning in front of you and you're stuck. And if you're a claustrophobic person, forget about it. You're lucky if you live through the flight, you know? Right? So, and you're going to choose that when you could choose first class. So you're going to choose this low-level pleasure, which is pleasure. And what happens when I, when I give in to that pleasure? I no longer can taste. My taste buds are completely off. I have no drive to put an effort in other pleasures. So I'm not tasting the pleasure of Torah. I'm not tasting the the pleasure of Vekas Hashem. I'm not tasting the pleasure of Shabbos Kodesh. That's my pleasure point, economy. It's nice, it's a flight. Really? That's what a person wants? If I stop there, it's enough, right? If I stop there, that's more than enough to understand how terrible this is, how low it is. What kind of person are we also giving in to such a low-level pleasure? Aren't we above that already? Haven't we grown out of that? We're really the child that's excited about the candy store. The candy store that we're eating so much that it's just destructive to us. That's who we are. Got to be above it. And we could be above it. But if I said all that, Dayenu for sure. If I said each of these points, Dayenu. <coughs> but truth is, if we put all that aside and none of those existed, and, and what I'm about to say is, is, is Emesh Vamito. And this is all one needs to hear at your age. It's all you need to hear. It's all one needs to hear through, through the high school years and the college years and, and the yeshiva years. And When a person gives in and lacks shmir sanayim and lacks shmir sabris and looks at these things because I once did it because I was raised in a way that I had the ability because we live in a society where it's so accessible. And we have a normal temptation because I'm a normal young man. We're do, what we're doing right now, at that point that one gives into that, is mamish 100% destroying your future marriage. You are destroying your future marriage. As a 14-year-old, as a 15-year-old, as a 16-year-old, as a 19-year-old, as a 20-year-old, you are right then and there destroying your future marriage. Is anything else have to be said? Destroying your future marriage. Why? Just understand it, because you have to understand that. Hear a statement like that from your Rebbe, that, why? And I deal with this, I don't want to say daily, but I'd say almost weekly. Destroying your future marriage. Number one, because you're building expectations that can't be lived up to and shouldn't be lived up to. And you're building where your ex- expectations are, because you're looking at these images, and therefore you've trained yourself and your mind and your heart and your emotions have been trained that that's normal and that's what you need and want to fulfill your desires, your temptations. But you're going to marry a beautiful young woman and you're going to marry someone Hashem, that's a Bas Torah and that has, that has self-worth and self-value and self-esteem and has a sense of modesty and normalcy. And of course, have a healthy, normal relationship, a physical relationship with her, and intimacy in a beautiful way, the way that Hashem wants for each and every one of us. But you're going to want then because you, to be together every single night, but no normal woman wants that. And you're going to want her to dress up in all different types of lingeries and costumes and role play and all these things that you've trained yourself through watching all these images, that that's what excites you in certain ways. But she's not going to be like that, and she's not going to live up to that. Because she's normal. And she's not these lowly human beings that you allow yourself to look at. These lowly, lower than animal human beings. Imagine these, these people that are willing to allow themselves to be seen in such a way, just for some money, what should be so holy and so special and so intimate and so, such something between a husband and wife in a beautiful way and can be. These people that, people that look at, it's, it's the most disgusting, lowest of, of human beings in the, on the earth that you're excited about. If you thought about that for a second, how sick it is. But then that builds this expectation. That's the excitement. And then your wife doesn't live up to that. And then, and then what? Because you allow yourself to look at a screen of nothing. There's nothing there actually. It's fake. It's not even there. 
Suddenly, I'm not going to enjoy my physical relationship with my wife. And ultimately, that's going to have a tremendous effect on my emotional relationship with my wife. And because I'm going to try and have these expectations and want her to be involved in ways that isn't abnormal. And I'm going to literally destroy my marriage. Not a good idea. And that happens. And I deal with it. And not only that, a person thinks, oh, no, so I, I look at it now, but I'm, I'm bad when I start dating, of course I'm going to stop. The same way a guy thinks when I go to Eretz Yisrael, I'm never going to look again. Or when I go to this stage. But when you build this dependency and addiction and connection, and it's, and it's something that, again, the mind plays crazy games, and we have our minds ultimately... I'm not going to go through all the science of it, but when one looks at pornography, the opium that, that is released and the ultimate, the pleasure that is released in the brain creates a, a, a want, a desire more and more for it. And it's not so simple to move away from it the longer I stay with it. And you have no idea how many people I deal with that are married. And in every way, very, very from outside of this, right? And learning and davening and Shomash Shabbos and Kashris and Tefillah and everything else and struggling still in, in, with, a, with a wife in this area. And a person who, because ultimately, even with your wife, there's a beautiful, a beautiful area of life called Taras Mishpach, which Akash Baruch Hu knows better than anyone else in this world what's best for, which is best for your intimacy and understands that any physical pleasure over time one gets, will get sick of and, and will ultimately, therefore, needs checks and balances and needs to stay fresh and exciting. Because Baruch Hu created that system within Taras Mishpach in a beautiful way. But you've created in your own world this constant need and desire and dependency. So suddenly, you have your wife and it's time for a need done. You're going to be looking at pornography every night. And sometimes how sick it is that you have people, men, because they've created dependency, even when they're physical with their wife, on the same night looking at such things. Because ultimately she didn't, it didn't excite him as much because she didn't do whatever he created in his mind is important to do to make himself be excited because that's what he built, that image in his head. And then what happens when, when one's wife finds out? Because inevitably at some point you think you're hiding and you have all the tricks in the world of incognito and you think you're always, whatever it might be, but ultimately, somehow it always just comes out at some point, in some way. And then that wife, your wife finds that and figures that and you know what happens? She feels completely cheated upon and rightfully so. And you convince yourself it's not cheating. I would never physically cheat. Although, by the way, I'm not going to go through stories and open up right now. I've dealt with that as well because of people who've been nichshal and because one thing ultimately can lead to another. And you're so, some people who are not well become so desensitized through it. And if you're watching that stuff all day, it's much easier to fall into that lifestyle. It's not a big deal. And you're going to have, again, right now, Baksham, you're in a much insular world of yeshiva and college and YU and, and Sharyash, wherever, wherever one is. And then it's going to come a world and some of you will be in the business world and, and whatever world it might be. And, and the temptations are much stronger and... And again, even just, just continuing this, looking at something so inappropriate, and ultimately, that woman rightfully so feels cheated upon and, and, and doesn't know what to do, and, and it's destructive as can be for a marriage. You're building a dependency, building an addiction, ruining your life. Ruining your life now, as we explained by not utilizing the, the most precious thing in the world, it's called time. Being less productive with your time. Creating pleasure points so you can't enjoy what should be pleasurable to you in the best of ways and highest of ways. Destroying your marriage. I don't know why we have to talk about this ever again. I don't know why we have to talk about this again. Okay, let me say all that was Chazar, I think. You know, All that was Chazar, but important Chazar. And Puran Chazara, just even those of us, Baruch Hashem, and I know, I know, the Chavar that's with us, I know, I know that a lot of Chavar that's been strong in Zinyan for a very long time. But Zinyan is important to be Machazik ourselves still in. Because the, the, the Taivas could come from anywhere, the Nisyonas could come from anywhere, and plus, we need to know these, and we need to understand this so we can help those who are struggling. Because everybody here has friends that are. 
Some of you know of them, some of you don't know of them. Trust me, everybody here does. Everyone, 100%. Across the board, 100, not 99. I guarantee it. And some of you know it, and some of you might not know it. But we have to be ready to help, and ready to explain, and ready to know, and ready to, to get rid of this terrible, terrible machla from the world. So that we have healthy lives. So that we could be happy people. And have happy lives, and normal. It's scary. And we have to be above it. And we can be above it. Where it's not even part of our cheshben anymore. We're completely just above it. I was talking to one guy, this, a married man this week, who took <coughs> this ma'achla into a guy who, mamish, if you saw him, you'd never, never in a million years dream that he's, that he's dealing with this ma'achla. This guy sitting and learning for years and has all the levush and from and, and every way you could imagine. And married and... Be, and he came out and his wife a while ago caught him with this. And Baruch Hashem, but he took it to heart and they, they did all the avoid them. And I hooked him up seeing a therapist deal with this and we, we built different gedarim and all the different things. That, and he's, he's been, he hasn't once been again or whatever it is, a year and a half, I don't remember exactly, whatever it is. Mamish completely above it. Completely above it. It's not even part of, but it's above it. We can be above it in a way where it's not even like, a, it's not a battle anymore. It's like I'm above it. I would never even... Fall to such a thing, right? Certain things in our life—they're not battles. It's a battle to to break Shabbos. You don't have a battle to break Shabbos. It's the most cutting thing in the world. It's, uh, I would never break Shabbos in my life. You can't even a battle to break Shabbos. You know, tonight I had a, I had a little battle. I'll tell you my battle tonight, right? So I, during Shabbos, Mondays, Thursdays, I, I take upon a tainus. And Baruch Hashem, for the most part, Rabbi Shalom gave me—I don't know if it's matano or not—because. I want it to be a Messiah's Nefesh, but it, I, I'm a very good faster. I hardly, like, I'm mamish, like, I don't even feel it. Like, I fast, like, which, I guess a bracha, because I could do this and still give shir and be there all day and not even, like, nothing. But at the same time, I don't feel any Messiah's Nefesh in it. Although, it's still a tremendous, why, why? It's a tremendous avod of self-control still. I don't feel like I'm suffering in any way or like, I, but to not eat the whole day and it's lunchtime, would I like to eat? Of course I'd like to eat. Would it feel good to eat? Yeah, it feel good to eat. So it's still, and I'm around people eating, it's still a great avoida in self-control, which I, I tie in as the biggest reason. Again, there's a lot to sigufim and the kapara, I'm not going to get into all of it, but just that alone is why a tainus is such a good, people have a tainus, that's why a tainus, I don't daven as well, I don't learn as well. But, but the maisa, the, the, the exercise of self-control is tremendous, because that's the downfall of humanity and what we need to work on, to do tshuva. So that, that alone is so kadai for me and incredible. And it, and it lends itself to areas in all other areas of life. So usually, I've, I've had most of these fasts, like I'll fast like an hour after it's over, I don't even realize. Because like, today I get home, and because of my, my wife and what she's gone through, someone very close to her took care, and like, took care of like meals all week this week, and brought in from different places, and a few other people, I think, were sponsoring them. Chlesnes, beautiful people. The community is incredible. The things that were done for us over this last week is like, But tonight, so tonight, they sent over from, uh, what's it called? The dairy place over here. Not Central Park. The, the, the pizza, no, no, no. Upper crust. Upper crust, thank you. Upper crust. <laughs> upper crust. But like <coughs> the whole menu, upper crust. Like, like mamish, like pizza and pasta and salads and whatever it is. And like, and it, when it comes, it's fresh and good. Like, and later, you know, it's not. And I, right when I get home, it's the tiniest today was over like 6 13. And I get home at 6 o'clock. And it's all like out on the table. Like, and my family's, I'm like, they have to, I want them to start eating because they shouldn't wait that it shouldn't. I'm like, oh, man. Those, those last 10 minutes were actually like real self-control, you know? The last 10 minutes were so real self-control. It was a little bit. It wasn't a battle that I wasn't, but it was like, oh, man, I wish it, I want this time to go quicker, you know? Like, it was really Emmis. Lemaisa, but when it comes to this Indian, it shouldn't be a battle. We have to hit the point where I'm, I'm above it. Yeah, it's been a battle, but now I'm above it. It's not even part of my chesh, but I understand all this so clear. So let's understand an avodah. Maybe a little bit of a new, new yisod. And what does shovavim even mean? Is there, what is the word shovavim? People think what? 
abbreviation for the parish. Yes. Correct. No, no, no. Oh, oh. So I want to say, people, it's, it's an, meaning when we refer to it as this Zman, you're right, meaning it's Shemos Variable Bashal Chesumash Batim, clearly. It's Rashi Teva, it's the acronym of these parshios. But the word come, the word is a real word. We have, right, we have the Pasuk in Yermia, Shuvu Batim Shoyavim. So I think people generally, like wrongly, because it's a Zman of Shuvu, and you hear Shoyavim, I think Shoyavim must be Milash and Shuvu. But it's Shuvu Batim Shoyavim. Shuvu is the Lashan of Shuvu. In that pasuk, shayvim, like Shalom says, wayward. What a wayward is someone's basically like completely off the derech, right? Meaning, who's like aimless, who's missing the boat completely. You know, there's a pasuk, another pasuk in Yermia in in, in Perak Nun, pasuk Vav, and Rashi there says it beautifully. The pasuk says, referring to Klai Yisrael, Tsoin Oivdos Hayu Ami. My nation are a lost sheep, lost flock. Ro'ehem, hitum, harim, shoivavum. The shepherds are like leading them aimlessly astray. Shoivavum, right? Mehar el giva from one mountain to the hill. Holchu, shachachu rivsem. And they've forgotten their pasture. It's, in other words, shoivavum. Rashi there says shoivavum. Inyano halichos bederach alev. It's mean one who's not thought out, not living a mindful life, just going with the flow, wayward, aimless, wherever, wherever life takes me, wherever my heart takes me, wherever my desires go. In other words, we're lost. <laughs> you know, like Chris Martin saying, right? We're lost. Well, I'm not holding a little cold play, but anyways, nice. that's Emmis. Ms. Shoivim means is a, is a lost soul. Shoivim is a lost soul, a wayward, mm-hmm. aimless soul. Because when I just follow my temptations, I'm completely lost. It's fully goof, Belina Shav. And that's not our essence, that's not who we are. We're completely, you know, we say yeah, someone's off the derech, and that's like, that's like the catchphrase for someone who's not religious, and specifically a teenager coming from a religious home is like, that's off the derech. You know what off the derech is? Shoivavim. Shoivavim is off the derech. It means when we, and, and what that's telling us is therefore, when we give in to these temptations, and if this is what this man is called, and it's specifically given to this, it means that's when we're most, we're completely off the derech. We're completely missing the boat. We're lost. And we have to garner the strength to get back to the proper there. Garner the strength to shuvu, to return. Shuvu banim shayvim. <clears throat> you know what it is when one gives in to this? I have to read you a little Zohar, because it's, it's scary, the Zohar. But we have to read it. Famous Zohar, but we, uh, we have to hear it inside, just hear a little bit of the words of the Zohar. Because I don't know what else the Zohar says this about. I don't think anything else. It's in Parshish Vayichi, in Reishu Tessa Mebez. The Tanin Koman the Apik Zare Birekanya Ikre Ra. When a person is involved in Sheikh Zare Vatala, that person's called Ra. And when he when he lose, leaves this world, he's not going to see the Shechina. Not just now. When he leaves this world, he's not going to see the Shechina. He continues. I'm not going. I'm just going to skip a little because he he talks about Er. You're right. Use this on Er, who's raw, who was involved in this. He goes on. Let me just. Right? Where was it? Over here. Ulahai, and he continues. Lahai Tordin Bahuama Yatar Mikola. He says, This Rasha is going to be punished. Tordin, it'll be punished. Bahuama in the next world. Yatar Mikola more than any other Rashaan. Be punished more than any other Rashaan. And then he continues. 
Tachazi kulo. I'm skipping a little because I don't want to read the whole thing. But Tachazi kulo salkim v'hula salik. Go and see all rishon. Anything else we do wrong, they might have to go through Gehenim, but eventually they'll be tikkunim and they'll get into Olam Ames and get into Gan Eden and see the Shechina. V'hulo salik, but he never will. In other words, he will not be forgiven. And he goes, and why? My taima? Inan katilu b'nei nasha achra. Someone even kills somebody else. He killed somebody else. V'aykatlu b'noi mamish. And he kills his own children. By allowing semen to leave your body, it's like you killed your own children, the Zohar said. Oshid damim tzogin, and that shvich damim is worse than any of them. Scary words from the Zohar. And then he continues. Tachazi b'shar chayave alma, by other chayave by other thing things. Loksiv vayera beinei Hashem. Doesn't write that this is terrible in the eyes of Hashem. Mekantiv vayera beinei Hashem asherasa. My timer. Meshuv dechsev v'shiches arza. This is terrible in the eyes of Hashem. You've destroyed the world. I'm Rav Yehuda. Less the chova ba'alma dol isle tshuva. Here's here's this very famous scary line. We'll end with this over here. Amr of Yehuda. Less the chova ba'alma dol isle tshuva bahar mihai. There's nothing else we do wrong. Everything else we do wrong, you could do tshuva except for this. Very scary line which we have to talk about. And everything else eventually will see the face of Hashem except for this. Scary. I had to just read that to understand. But I, I, didn't, I didn't read that to walk out of here depressed and scared that I... Because we have to understand the end, what that means. Because it's giving a derech. So the Zohar, famously, this is Zohar, this is Zohar, it's quoted in all the Svar. All the Svar, if you've learned any Sefer Chasidus, you've seen the Zohar quoted. And if it hasn't, not verbatim, this is what it's referring to with it, that you can't do tshuva. But if you look here, this is, I'm reading you from the Tuk Mitvash, from the Hilga Tzaddik, of Daniel Frisch. You probably know where Daniel Frisch was. Tzaddik is Olam. Let me tell you just a story to, to understand, because we're going to have to, Rav Daniel Frisch brings down from the Ramak something very important, and that's what I was building this for. Let me just tell you something. Rav Daniel Frisch, obviously, Rav Daniel Frisch opened the world to be able to learn Zohar. Pirish that he wrote in Hebrew, Bivrit on, on Zohar, is Kodesh Kedashim. allows us to, to learn and to connect to the Pneumius HaTorah in the deepest of ways. He taught Zohar to the Tolzavim Yitzchak Rebbe, to the Yitzchak Rebbe, to the Yitzchak Rebbe, to the Yitzchak Rebbe. He was a Many other svarim. When you're going to be a chassan, you're going to have to all get Yom HaChubal an incredible sefer that he wrote. He has a beautiful sefer, by the way, on this Indian, a machshava, a machshava tahira, which he gave to me personally. I'll explain that in a moment. Listen to this. I'll tell you something, Tzchus, that you know, we have the Tzchus often to, to quote Zohar from Metok Vash. So let me tell you a personal just story. So I learned a lot of his svarim and learned various, whatever it was. And I always wanted to meet him, but I had no idea where he was and what, what his story was. Years ago, let's go back about... <clears throat> must be already, I mean, he's already nifted a little bit, whatever, I could look it up what year he's nifted. Must be about 15 years ago. I was in Eretz Yisrael, January time, visiting Talmidim, like uh, this was to do every year. I'm in Meisharim on an Arab Shabbos, and I bump into one of my closest friends, like a brother to me, his brother. This guy, Jason Scharf. He was second, he a bed in Tivari at the time. <clears throat> this must have been like, I'm going to say 2006. About 16 years ago. It might be 2005, right? But <clears throat> and we're talking, and somehow the name of Daniel Frisch comes up, and he looks at me and says, oh, do you want to go meet him? I say, do I want to go meet him? I've been waiting my whole life to meet him. So oh, I'll take you to him right now. I'm like, what? You'll take me to him right now? This is like the second year guy in, in the TIV. I'm like, you're going to take me to Daniel Frisch. What He's like, yeah, yeah. My, my, he had cousins in Belgium that funded all Svarim. And he was by him a few times. He says, I can take him. He's, he lives right here in Bate Ungern. Like, you know, Bate Ungern, you know, like next to Tolz Aaron, the area over there, and it looks like you're back in the shtetl. Like, 
you know, they must have filmed all those spiesen over there. You know what I'm talking about? You guys, you know what I'm talking about? They have like a little well in the middle. It's like, it's called Bate Ungaren over there. And that's where he lived. And we, he takes me, to, we go to his house. He's like up two levels, you know, where they have the whole entire like overhang, whatever. And we go up. We knock on his door and he comes. He, he just answers his door. Hmm. And he's already, this was a couple hours before Shabbos. He's in his big day Shabbos already in the Shalvi Bekisha. And he, he welcomes us in and, and he's talking to us and we're asking him, ate some brachas. His house was already ready for Shabbos. It was beautiful. And he shows us his typewriter where he wrote all this form because he, he had a deformation of the hand and he couldn't write. It was like, it was incredible. And he starts, he gave me, he gave me the Sefer Machshav and some other Svar and we were talking. It was, it was incredible. Mamish, I still, I, I remember like yesterday, it lifted me up in ways I can't explain to you. But listen to this. That was Erev Shabbos, two hours before Shabbos. I was in Eretzol Shabbos, Mate Shabbos, Mate Shabbos, um, Mate Shabbos, I left Eretzol that year. After giving, I gave him Malav Malka. Well, we gave Shal Shudas back then. Now we do Malav Malka. Used to be we did Shal Shudas back in the day. Did Shal Shudas. Left Mate Shabbos. That, that Sunday, I left to Florida with the family to go for a few days. Mon- and we were in Orlando. And Monday, I got a call from my friend, not Jason's brother, but Yom Moshe Sharf, my, my chavrusa, my, one of my best friends. And he said to me, did you hear what happened yesterday? I'm like, what, what are you talking about? Because I'm now in Orlando, you know, with the family, like the Lahavdil, different world, you know. He says, Rav Daniel Frisch, Daniel Frisch, what about him? He, he was nifter yesterday. He says, what are you talking about? I was just with him. So Sunday morning, I was with him Arab Shabbos, two hours before Shabbos. Sunday morning, he had a heart attack, it was nifter. So I think we were probably of the last people to have Yechidus with him. Probably the last people that he gave Svarim to. Mamish, Daniel Frisch. So we have to understand, what does this mean? The scary line that the Zohar says. Scary line that the Zohar says. That you, you can't do tshuva on this Indian. So there are, he brings down for Ramak two ways, two, two ideas. Number one, that the, the doors of normal tshuva are closed. And that means it's much harder to tshuva. It means, the less late, I'll read you the words, the less late tshuva, hainu, what does that mean? Shinoalim lefun of darche tshuva. That the gates are closed. But if you're able to still do it, it's definitely accepted. It's not that you can't do tshuva. It means it's much harder to do tshuva. It's much less conducive to do tshuva. That's one derech. But the other derech, what I want to focus on, is different. And I want to introduce the pederech mashal. Imagine a person has a leak in a, in a house and it destroys a room completely. I have a, I have a closed Talmud. The mishpacha just went away <clears throat> two weeks ago at Eretz Yisrael. And on their block, when they left, they turned off the water. The whole block, the city turned off the water. Right here in Lawrence, they turned off the water because, I don't know, they were doing something with the pipes. They turned off the water. Right the day they were leaving Eretz Yisrael, their water was off. The whole house. So because their water was off, they didn't realize, but they didn't know until later, but in one of the kids' rooms, in the bathroom... The shower and the sink were left on completely, but it was off because the whole water line was off. And they left. And like four days later, the mar- one of the married son-in-law came into the house and found the entire kitchen destroyed underwater. That, that, that bathroom was right on top of the kitchen. And destroyed the entire kitchen because of this leak. Because when the water popped back on and it just didn't stop going, whatever, whatever happened. So imagine you have, you have a room and Mamish is a leak and, and the whole room is destroyed. So there's two drachim you could go. You go and clean up the whole room. You could go clean up the whole room and make it nice again. But you know what's going to happen then? The next time it rains terribly, it's going to come right through the leak again and destroy it again. So way more important is to close up the leak. Way more important is to clog up the leak. Don't worry about the room, that's secondary. You want to make sure that you have a future, you, you close up the leak. The Ramak says as well, 
What does it mean when the Zohar says, from a Yehuda, you can't do tshuva? It says to fix the past is very hard. When you're focused on, we know we've fallen, we know we've fallen to the lowest places, to fix that past, to focus on the most tshuva is, is what? Charata and, and, and feeling bad, and aziva in that way of the past, and focusing on what you've done wrong, and doing vidui, and confessing on what you've done wrong, and focusing on the past. <coughs> but if you're going to focus on the past, it's going to be too difficult, because you're going to get caught up in that past. And feel bad about yourself and feel so much guilt that you're not going to be able to move on. You can't get stuck in that moment. It's another song, that's YouTube, but okay. Anyways, let me say, you can't get stuck in a moment. You can't get stuck in the past. You got to just move on when it comes to the tshuva of these areas. And that's what the Ramak says. He quotes in the Matoka Dvash. Ki tshuva shi aziva sachet eno mo ilolo. Avot tshuva shi tshuva haba. Huma'ila. Tshuva Abba means just fix your past, just for your future. Forget about the past is over. Push that to the side. You fell, shkoyach. Sheva yipal tzadik. Vikam. Just get back up. Just get back up and focus on why the future is going to be brighter. Focus the past. The past is in the past, right? I don't know if you have sisters, you're so frozen. But Lamaisa, you know, the past is in the past. The past is in the past. We once came all sure and frozen. I don't know. <coughs> Years and years ago, but anyways, Lamaisa, it's a big so a lot of you saw this and that. But the past is in the past. The past is in the past. It's all, meaning when it comes to this Indian, just just move on. Don't get stuck in the past. Just move on. That's what it was, <laughs> by the way. These are parshas of Shmos Veirbovishalchus Mitzrayim. Is you see us Mitzrayim? What do we say? The Hail Gazara Kaidish says so so beautiful the Hail Garabchitzer. We say Tchilal Mikray Kaidish Zechil Sisraim. You know by Mitzrayim we're Mementasharatuma. We didn't do anything to fix ourselves yet. Hashem just took us out and just move on. Vaiter. Vaiter. Tchila Limikrai Kaidish. A new beginning. That's what we call Kaidish. Just have a Tchila, just a new beginning. Don't worry about the past. Zechil Sisraim, just like it was by Yitzhak Mitzrayim. A new beginning. Rashmul Birnbaum says an incredible idea. I so quoted Rashmul Birnbaum. We all know the famous Ramas. Blue, where was it? We know the famous Rambam by Paro. Everyone talks about Paro. We've spoken about it before. Paro and the hardening of heart of Paro. And the Rambam says this incredible idea. That Hashem's in times and by Paro. In Hilchas Tshuva, Paragvav, Alach Gimel, he literally took away the ability for him to do Tshuva. The Paro couldn't do Tshuva. That's what it meant that he hardened his heart. He couldn't do Tshuva. And everybody asks, how is it possible Hashem took away Bechira and then he's punished for it? Right? We all know this. Well, Burma says something amazing. If he took away his ability to do Tshuva, so what? He still could have let us go. That meant he couldn't do tshuva on the past, that he didn't let us go until now. So he didn't do tshuva. He could still let us go. He could go, meaning, so just go weiter, like we say now, just go weiter. Just focus on the future. She said, but Paro, Paro's nature, and the nature of man sometimes, is when you mess up in the past, you get so stuck in that mud. You get so stuck in the past that you can't even imagine that you could have a future of change. He couldn't allow himself to change in the future because he couldn't fix the past. And that's why that's what his, the pechira was. He had the ability. He could have. You could say he could have gone weiter. He could have let us go. He didn't do it because he was stuck in the past. That's why Paro is milashon oiref. Paro are the letters of of oiref, the neck, right? Paro is oiref backwards. The neck means what, when you see someone's neck, it's when their their face is looking backwards. You just see their neck because he's focused on the past. He was so stuck in the past he couldn't go on. When we're so stuck in the past, it's hard to move on. And unfortunately, especially in this Indian, unfortunately, especially in this Indian, there's so many because this Indian pulls us down so much and pulls us to such a low place and we feel stuck in it and therefore it's hard to move on. But <laughs> I think what the Ramak is saying, the Zohar is trying to teach us by saying that there's no ability to choose, it's trying, it's trying to teach us 
what the tshuva should be here. It's doing that to tell us the psychology, because it knows if we're going to try to do even regular tshuva, it's not going to work. It's teaching us a derech of tshuva. It's saying something so harif that could be scary if not understood, in order to teach us what the proper derech of tshuva in this Indian should be. Just move on and be above it. What do we see? What do we see? By the mitzvah of Sipri, of Zerayim, Parakir Gimel, Bo Parshish Ches, V'higadzal Vincha, Bayom Ahu Lemar, the focus of Bayom Ahu. Bayom means that day. <coughs> it's a new beginning. He sees the Zerayim, when I come pull myself out of the lowest places, it's Bayom Ahu, it's a new beginning. I move on from the past. I move on from the past. We saw this as well. We saw this as well. Where else do we see Bayomahu? When the brachas were given to Menashe and Ephraim, which are our brachas, Yisim Chalakim Ephraim Menashe, till today, they go to the Yid and they grow up in difficult times, in the times that we have. Vayavorachim, the same Lashem, Bayomahu, Leymar and Bayachi. Meaning, the bracha is, move on. The move on. Time to move on. You know, there was once a woman... She was, she was a very, very wealthy woman. Very, very wealthy woman. And she was wearing a very fancy, expensive dress. And she had these, like, you know, I don't want to call servants, but, like, <coughs> people that, you know, took care of her. always by her side. And she was walking somewhere. And it was a rainy day. And there were puddles. She stopped by the sidewalk because with these puddles, she's going to ruin her dress. There's some Chanel, you know, crazy dress worth. And she starts screaming at her helpers, at her servants, like, why are they not helping her? Why are they not doing anything for her? Meanwhile, they don't know what to do. You know, it's like they're stuck. And they're holding all their stuff. She's went shopping, Fifth Avenue or Americana, Manhattan, I don't know, wherever you want to say it. And like, she's holding all the stuff and they don't know what to do. Two men were passing by. One of them just walks by, ignores it. One of them sees the dilemma and lifts her up. Okay, we're not talking Allah, we're not even on Yidin, whatever. You know, I don't want to get into that. But just lifts her up and carries her, does a very nice toiva for her, carries her across the puddles and puts her on the other side. And when she finished, she finishes, this is obviously a very mean woman, terrible woman. She like, she's such in a state of anger of the whole thing. She like pushes the guy away and runs away and doesn't even say thank you. Okay. A couple hours later, these two men are together still. And the one who crossed the street who didn't carry the woman looks at the one who carried, like, aren't you so upset at this woman? You did her such a chesed, man. You carried some random woman across the street and she pushes you and she doesn't thank you. And you know what he says back to her? I put her down hours ago. Why are you still carrying on her? Why are you still carrying her? I put her down hours ago. Why are you still carrying her? And sometimes... We hold on to the past and get so stuck in that past that we just can't, we just don't move on. And the avoidah is to forget about the past and just move on. The avoidah is just weiter. It's a new beginning. It's chachas. Bayomahu. And we can. And we have to believe in that. Once we understand the churban of it, which we spoke about tonight, and we're not going to chazer again, we spoke about the churban, so it's time to just, just move on completely. And I'm not going to be stuck in the past. <clears throat> It's a new day. Let go. Don't carry it anymore. I put her down hours ago. Why are you still carrying her? I want to make one last point. It's amazing. It doesn't just say shuvu, shayvim. Shayvim, those who've lost their ways. Shuvu, return, right? Do tshuva. But the Lashon of the Pasuk in Yeremia is shuvu banim shayvim. And maybe that's, it's telling us something. It's giving us a chizik. First, we must realize <coughs> Hashem loves us. We're still we're His children, and therefore, even if we fall into the lowest of places, this is not just Malkenu, He's a Vino, we're His Banim, and therefore, 
Therefore, don't be afraid that he's not going to take us back. He doesn't love us just as much. He's just waiting for us to come back. But I think there's another Yisod. If you realize, realize you're Bonim. That means you're a Ben Melech. That means I'm so above this. I'm not going to drag myself into that lowest of places again. Shuvu, you know the Koyach Shuvu comes through Bonim. Through knowing that you're going to be accepted back. But also knowing, therefore, that I'm moving on. Because how could I let myself fall to this other place? I'm a Ben Melech. Each and every one of us is a Ben Melech. Each and every one of us has the ability to be above it. Each and every one of us has to know I'm just going weiter. The past is over. That was a different... That, I'm, I'm Shina Shmo. That was a different Tkufa. That was a different person. That was a different Yisod. That was a different everything. Leave it. You put her down. And you stop carrying her. And you move to a place of Kedusha. You know what's going to happen then? It's just Simcha. It's happiness. It's feeling good about oneself. It's having a healthy marriage. A healthy life. Simcha and Bracha. And Mir Hashem. These last couple of days of Shoivim. We take this to heart. And we live a life in such a way. We should be Zoha next year when we come to Shoivim. Next year when we come to Shoivim. It's a Shoivim only of celebration of the year. In this Indian, Shavim is always a good time to work on ourselves and to grow. But in this Indian, it's like, wow, Mamish I, 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 in the year, I don't even have, I've done it. I've moved <coughs> it above it. I believe you can, as a Ben Melech, the Abishter will show us that when we come back and we show him we're a Ben Melech, so he'll bring his Malchus to be revealed in the world with the Gilashrina, with the Mishyasa Kenu, and here be Mena Bakar Mamish. Amen. Amen.